All right, if you take your Bibles and turn to Proverbs chapter 8. Proverbs chapter 8. Miss Leslie, is that your granddaughter? How wonderful to have her with us. Proverbs chapter 8. God willing, we'll be expounding verse 19 tonight. Proverbs 8, 19. I love a good Wednesday night crowd. I think I love a good Wednesday night crowd more than I do Sunday morning. I do. The title of the message tonight is Better Than Gold. Better Than Gold. Or Better Than Cash. You know, bring it down to where we are today. Because uh, we don't trade with gold as they used to. We don't trade with silver. We may store some up uh, as a hedge for inflation, as some people do. Um, but uh, better than money. How about that? Maybe that's how I should have done it. Better than money. But the past several weeks, wisdom has been describing itself to us and letting us know by giving us its description, its attributes, why we should seek God for it. In verse 19 tonight, wisdom goes on to describe itself, and here's what it says. It says, my fruit is better than gold. My fruit is better than gold. When we think of the word fruit, the word gold is probably not the first thing that comes to mind. It's probably like my wife was cutting up peaches off of our tree when I came home today. And, uh, and fruit is something you eat. And gold is something that you, uh, it's a metal you mine from the ground. So we don't usually put those two concepts together. But when we think of fruit here in the biblical use of that word, fruit doesn't always come from a tree. Uh, even in our English language, fruit doesn't always come from the tree. We might say the fruit of our labor, right? We say that sometimes. So the word fruit is speaking about produce. And again, we call produce, we call food, uh, tomatoes, vegetables, we call it produce. But, but uh, it, it's just because it is a product of the, the ground. It's a fr the fruit of the ground, of its work, its toil. Tammy and I have been blessed to have a wonderful peach tree, which produces excellent peaches each year. And the peaches are the produce of the tree because they're what the tree produces. Wisdom also produces things as well, though. Some wonderful things. But they're not earthly, and they're not edible, like the peaches on our tree. The things wisdom produces are wisdom's fruit. So if you could think of it that way, I think that will help you tonight. And wisdom says that its fruit, that is the, what it produces, is better than gold. Gold's a very valuable metal. So if wisdom's fruit is better than gold, then what wisdom produces means it's more valuable than gold. If you gain the wisdom of God, you're a true wealthy person. Very wealthy if you have the wisdom of God. In fact, if you have the wisdom of God, then you're wealthier than all the millionaires and billionaires combined in this world. Because your wisdom is more valuable than their earthly wealth. Look back in your text. Yea, then find gold. I mean, it's better than the best gold there is. 
So what the, the wisdom is telling us tonight is this. The very best that the world produces, wisdom produces better than that. Wisdom produces something, a product that you can have that's better than anything this world can give you. Now that's a lot. There's a lot of things we drive by. I, I drive, uh, when I drive by to work, um, there's this man that has a nice home. And I don't know what this man does for a living. But it sure looks good. Every morning, I'll, when I drive by his house at about uh, 6.30 in the morning, he'll be outside with a pair of shorts on, sitting with a laptop out in his backyard uh, looking at his laptop. And I guess he's controlling whatever he's controlling and managing it out there. And and uh, <clears throat> I thought, man, that must be really nice, you know. But uh, and, and that relaxation and that nice home and the wealth that he has. And you know what? I don't know if that man's a believer or not, but all the things that I see him have and, 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 and that he, he gets to do, that's nothing compared to what wisdom produces for us in Christ Jesus. Wisdom produces better treasure than the purest gold on earth. Heavenly wisdom is more valuable than earthly wealth. That's all there is to it. In the news recently, <clears throat> we saw the tragic news about the implosion of that submarine. <clears throat> they were going down to uh, view the wreckage of the Titanic. When my wife saw this news piece, she said, how many people have to die over that ship? You know, they already lost a bunch. And now some people want to go see the, 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 the wreckage where the carnage used to be. And uh, they got into this uh, submarine. And it's very expensive. I want to say it was like a quarter million dollars to be on that submarine. Am I, am I, was I right when I, uh, with what I read? But uh, millionaires and billionaires get on that submarine. And, and, uh, and at some point during that wreckage, I, I guess there was a structural failure in that submarine, and it imploded, and all the weight of that, that, that water uh, killed those wealthy passengers, people with great sums of wealth on that submarine. And all their collective wealth combined could not deliver them from that tragic death. What good was it? Their earthly wealth at that moment was absolutely worthless to them. Their earthly wealth was worthless to their family. They couldn't bring them back, couldn't bring their loved ones back. And in time of trouble, earthly wealth cannot produce what wisdom produces. What wisdom produces is far more valuable than that earthly wealth. And that time of trouble, wisdom uh, for those people, I don't know how much heads up they had. Maybe they heard some creaking. Maybe they had some trouble. Maybe they were at a certain height, and then they lost control, and it went on down. And as it went down, maybe the pressure got greater. And then maybe it imploded. I don't know how it went. But I know one thing. I know all of their earthly wealth could not produce for them, in that moment of trouble, peace. It could not produce any form of comfort for them whatsoever. You could have put all the millions of dollars. You could have laid gold 
side there, you could have put a big fat check and they could have nestled up and hugged it. It wouldn't have given them one bit of comfort whatsoever. Not one. You couldn't rescue them. Couldn't give them any help. Couldn't offer them any aid. Couldn't rescue them. Couldn't give them air to breathe. And you know what? It couldn't offer them any hope beyond that watery grave. No hope at all. Here's a kingdom truth for you tonight. Earthly wealth cannot produce heavenly hope. Earthly wealth cannot produce heavenly hope. This is one of the reasons why wisdom is so valuable. Because it offers hope of eternal life and wealth beyond the grave. Uh, today as I was visiting with Chad... We were uh, talking about uh, the loss of his son and how unbearable it is for him right now. And he was describing the pain to me. He said, there's absolutely no pain like it. And uh, he says, I just can't bear the pain. And uh, as I was visiting with him, you know, and trying to remind him, as he knows, uh, that... The only hope for things like that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, if, if I had a vase in my hand, and I were to take that vase, and let's say that that vase represented our lives. And with that vase, he said his son, he told me today, he said, my son was my best friend. And you take that, that vase, and that represent that friendship that he had with his son. And you drop that vase, and it breaks into a million pieces. And I've broken some things before, managed to put them back together, and glue them back together again. But some things you can't glue back together. And when that vase falls into a million pieces like that, and there's no way you can put it back together again, you're left looking at a huge mess, something very valuable that's shattered before your eyes, and you're absolutely helpless at putting it back together. You can take all the money in the world, write a check for it, and something so valuable like the loss of your child, you can't replace that. This is a vase that's completely irreplaceable. It's priceless. And all the money in the world can't replace it, and all the best people in the world can't take those tiny little shards and pieces of dust and all and put that back together again the way it was. It's just not possible. But when you're looking at a mess like that in your life, whether it's that vase, and, and I was talking to another man today, and that man was telling me about how this world is looking so terrible <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and how it, 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 it's just going downhill and, uh, and he told me, he said, you know, he said, I know it has to get that way. I know it has to get that way. And he, and he knows that, that uh, the kingdom of God's going to come back. And, and what I'm saying is this. It's wisdom that can take a person like Chad or a person like you or a person like Charlie who I was talking to today or a person like me that's suffered damage. We've all suffered damage that cannot be fixed this side of heaven. 
But thank God, in the middle of that tragedy, we can remind each other of the great hope that we have in Jesus Christ. The Bible says that God has made Christ wisdom to us. And wisdom gives us the knowledge and the understanding of the gospel that that vase that is broken in Jesus Christ, when He comes again, is going to be restored. Chad told me that Brody, his son, was a believer. Well, Chad's a believer, Brody's a believer. Guess what? That boy's gone for now. All there is earthly to Chad is a grave marker. But when Jesus comes, the wisdom, God's wisdom in Jesus Christ, that gospel, is going to bring that vase back together and make everything new and right. Like even better than it was before. Now that's produce that's far better than gold. The gold can't put the mess back together again. The gold can't replace our children. The gold can't fix the things that are broken. But Jesus can. Michael Jackson was one of the most famous pop stars of all time. He was so wealthy with this world's goods, he had his own amusement park in his backyard. I'm sure you all saw pictures of it. And uh, with all that earthly wealth... He still couldn't be satisfied. He still didn't have peace. He still had to go to these uh, prescription drugs, very uh, uh, powerful drugs to try to help him sleep, to try to help him have peace and, and rest. All the wealth couldn't satisfy him. All the wealth could not bring that man joy with all the money, with all the fame, with all the earthly possessions he had. He was still miserable and hooked on drugs, and the drugs that he sought peace from killed him. Wisdom says, my product, what I produce, my fruit, is better than the purest gold. Look back in your text. And my revenue than choice silver. Well, we know what revenue is, don't we? Revenue is income. Everybody today is looking for what they call passive income. <laughs> you like passive income, Brother Shepherd? It'd be nice, right? Yeah, he's got passive income. Every time he passes somebody, go catch a speeder. He's got passive income. But they're all looking for passive income. What can I get that I don't have to work for? What product can I have that eventually the money that I have will start making money for me? And you can do that. You can build up passive income. But I tell you what, it sure takes a lot of work to get there. But passive income is basically something you own that produces a continual revenue stream for you. If you own certain dividend stocks, and those stocks pay you dividends every month or every quarter, then those stocks produce revenue, a revenue stream for you. And once you own the stock, then, then uh, money, that money keeps on coming in uh, no matter if you work for it or not, as long as that company stays solid. And wisdom is letting us in on the best investment of all time. Namely, if you will get the wisdom of God 
it will produce a revenue stream for you that's better than the purest gold, that's more valuable than the finest silver. And you know what? It's accepted everywhere. It's accepted everywhere. Once you have the wisdom of God, it will keep paying you and paying you and paying you for all eternity. As I was studying for this message, I couldn't help but think about the famous NASCAR driver. I don't know if you all saw that in the news yesterday, whose mother-in-law shot and killed her husband yesterday and then shot and killed her 11-year-old grandchild and then shot and killed herself. And she was obviously miserable. I don't know what her problem was, what her motive was. You can't really try to understand those motives because evil's really not understandable. Evil doesn't make sense. Brother Shepard and I were talking about that the other day. Uh, but she was obviously miserable, obviously probably angry, definitely dissatisfied with life because she ended her life, ended her, in the life of others. She obviously didn't have the wisdom that she needed. What caused her to do that? Foolishness. A lack of wisdom. You know what foolishness is? Foolishness is any time our thinking contradicts God's thinking. If what the way I think contradicts what God says in His Word, that's foolishness. If the way I think agrees with God's Word, if it comes from God's Word and I'm in agreement with God's Word, now that's wisdom on my part. What killed her in her loved ones, or, or should have been loved ones, it was foolishness. She wasn't thinking the way God should have thought. She obviously didn't have the wisdom to see herself and her family as people created in the image of God. She obviously didn't have the wisdom of that amazing love that God had given us in her, in her uh, uh, grandson, and her husband, in Christ Jesus, that empowers us to love God who first loved us and gave His Son for us, and then on account of that to love those for whom He died. Wisdom would have kept her from being so miserable. Wisdom would have kept her from being so violent and evil this week. Without the wisdom of Jesus. And because she did not have the wisdom of Jesus, she will spend the rest of eternity in the lake of fire, assuming that's the case. And her surviving family will suffer the anguish of this horrific tragedy for the rest of their lives. The foolishness of this world did not create a revenue stream for her. It never does. The world's thinking never creates a revenue stream. When we think about the foolishness of this world, there's a lot of talk now in the news today about misinformation. I don't know if you all have noticed that. There's a lot of propaganda going on in the liberal media. And anytime someone tries to speak truth on something, whether it's somebody's gender or, or whatever it is, when they try to speak truth, then the God side will call that misinformation. They're spreading misinformation. If you speak truth and you stand on God's Word and you say, well, a man is a man. I saw, I saw this week where they fired a biology professor 
Uh, Brother Shepard, you'd share that with me, didn't you? They fired a biology professor for teaching that chromosomes determine the male and female gender. I mean, not too many years ago, if you would have taught anything different, then you would have got fired. And the science hasn't changed. It's just that the morality has changed. And so the man got fired. Well, to these people, he's spreading misinformation. They just label it like that. And so what it is, when you contradict truth, that is foolishness. And foolishness never creates a revenue stream. The foolishness of this world that that woman had when she killed her loved ones, it didn't create a revenue stream for her. It imposed a tax upon her. It imposed a tax upon her family. When you contradict God's Word, did you know that uh, uh, people who live contrary to God's Word, did you know that they have a higher risk of suicide? You look at homosexuals and people that struggle with gender identity, their suicide rate is up. That means they're more miserable than other people. Now, you take people living by God's Word, I don't care if they had a tragedy like Chad or not. You take people who are living according to God's Word and basing their hope and faith in Jesus Christ... They may be living in pain, but they are not living in absolute despair. The Bible says that we sorrow, but we don't sorrow as those who have no hope. At my deepest times in my life, and I've had some deep sorrow ones. Man, if you could get in on them, you'd, you'd feel sorry for me, Jeremy. Y'all feel sorry for me. But at the deepest times in my life, I'm telling you, the, it, it doesn't curb the pain. The gospel doesn't take the pain away. But as Brother Shepard said earlier, quoting from the Scripture, it does take the sting away. At the deepest times in my life, man, when I've sunk deep down and the water's over my head, the trouble's over my head, I can do like that and I can feel a rock-solid bottom underneath. At the deepest time in my life, the wisdom of God that is found in Jesus Christ, keeps paying me dividends. When my brother passed away, which is the, the biggest sorrow and burden on my family in their life, but when my burden passed away, I'm not my burden, <laughs> when my brother passed away, I remember this day after we left the hospital, and my mama said, Daddy, what are we going to do? Talking to my dad. And my dad said, we have to give it to God, Francis. This is too big for us. You see, even at that time, what do you, what do, you, what do, you do? Even at that time when the, when the waves are over your head, you're able to take that heavy burden and say, you know what? I can't bear this. Look at that vase. I can't fix this. But in Christ Jesus, I know someone who can and ultimately one day will. So I'm going to take this pain and I'm going to heap all this pain on the promise that God gives me in Jesus Christ. That's a devil calling. But we're not answering. 
and so if you're watching online, there's someone's phone's ringing and they can't get it turned off. So we're able to heap that on him. And so when we heap that on him, even though the pain is there, do you know what the, what the wisdom of God is doing? Still paying dividends. Dividends, dividends. You can go back and look. A few days after my brother passed away, you can go back and look on Facebook. I had to record it when I saw it. There was my mother and my sister and one of their close friends for many years back. And even in that sorrow, they were singing the song, What a Day It Will Be When My Jesus I Shall See. Knowing that yes... We sorrow now. Yes, things are broken now. But it was the wisdom of God in Christ Jesus that kept paying out. Man, you get, you get some dividend stocks. And I've watched it. Those businesses would be paying those dividends out. And next thing you know, they hit a financial bump. And you know what happens to those dividends? They dry up company said we can't afford to pay out any dividends what about my stocks i bought well you still own the stocks you're just not getting any money for them and you know what happens if that business goes out of business so do you you just lost your money but you know what you know what i found i found that god's wisdom pays its greatest revenue when i have my greatest loss Hey, that's a kingdom truth right there. Here's a kingdom truth. That wasn't in my notes. God's wisdom pays its greatest dividends when you face your greatest loss. My grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect. When? In your weakness. And God's grace cannot be known apart from God's wisdom, which is God's Son, which is known through God's Word, which again is God's wisdom. But the foolishness of this world, you contradict the Word of God. I don't care what you try to think. You try to outthink God's Word and think you can outsmart life and outsmart God and do something contrary to the Bible and still be happy. I've watched it. I've watched people think, well, I'll do this right here. I know the Bible says this, but I'm going to go this route right here. And in their mind, they have it all planned out. I've watched it, and those actions did not, because they were based out of foolishness, they did not produce a revenue stream for them of God's grace. They imposed a tax on them that taxed them that burden the rest of their life. It'll tax your nerves. It'll tax your strength. It'll tax your health. It'll attack... Uh, tax your sanity. Foolishness robs. Wisdom enriches. Gospel of John chapter 10 verse 10. Jesus said the thief cometh not. And you know who the thief is? The thief is the devil. The devil is the author of foolishness. He is the first one to go against God's word. And come up with his own plan of thinking. Contrary to what God said. There was foolishness right there. And foolishness created attacks on all those angels that followed him. He then uh, uh, exported that foolishness, brought it down to earth, gave a sales pitch to our parents, 
And we're still paying that tax burden every time we die, every time we get sick, every time we have to go to work and don't feel good, every time we have an argument with our neighbors, with our spouse, or anyone else, which, thank God, I never do with mine. But it taxes you. Jesus said, The thief cometh not before to steal, that's taking away, to kill, that's taking away, to destroy, that's taking away. It imposes a tax. That's what the thief does. He does it through contradicting God's Word. Jesus, who is the Word of God, said, I am come that they might have life. There's your revenue. And that they might have it more abundantly. There's your wealthy revenue. Better than gold. Better than silver. The devil's foolishness steals, kills, and destroys. But God's wisdom in Christ Jesus produces the revenue of eternal, abundant life. Wisdom is not just contrasting the difference between foolishness and wisdom. Wisdom is also defining for us what true wealth really is. Wisdom is letting us know tonight that God has something to give us that's far superior to silver and gold, that is far superior than houses, land, cars, and cash. You see, it's easy to see somebody you know that's doing well financially. The guy maybe that's sitting out in the yard with the shorts on and his computer and, or, or, or someone who's driving a really, really nice car and you can't afford it, but you would love to. Someone who's in a very, very nice house that looks better than yours or, or whatever it is. Maybe they've got a lot of money. They can afford to, to buy things that you can afford. They can afford to go travel places and you're watching them on, on the internet and here they are traveling the world. I've got a cousin right now who's a medical doctor and he's been in Ireland for a couple of weeks. Just going out living the life. And maybe you can look at someone like that and think, man, I can't afford to do that. I have a hard time going across town. And when you, when you look at that, if you don't have your mind based on what wisdom is telling you about tonight, do you know what can happen? You can start assuming your failure in light of another person's apparent success. That's what you can do. Well, maybe I'm a failure. I had a lady come in uh, the other day to work. She's a cleaning lady. And she said her family made her uh, thought she was a failure because she was a cleaning lady for a living. And, uh, and she was thinking about maybe going back to college so she could uh, do something that uh, her family would approve of and earn more money and do something a little more prestigious. And I told her, I said, I don't care what you do. Anytime you get up and you can go to work and you can perform a beneficial task for society, have an honorable job, I said, I'm proud of you. And I meant it. I said, I don't care what your family thinks. I'm proud of you. Man, I'm proud of the trash, man, when they get all the trash out of the bottom of my can. I really am. I'm proud of the mailman if they actually get my mail in my mailbox and not my neighbor's. I mean, I'm proud. It's, it's so easy to start... Measuring your failure in light of someone else's apparent success. When people begin to do this, one of three things is going to happen. One of three things. It'll, it'll happen in their flesh. So your flesh will do one of three things. Number one, 
you may start to feel inferior to the person with the earthly wealth. You may start thinking, man, I'd, I don't measure up to that person. Look at them, you know. They've they got the nice boots, the, the nice car, the, you know, the, uh, the nice home. And I mean, man, they, they, I, you just feel inferior to them. Second, when this happens to people and they don't see true wealth the way the Bible defines it, not only will they feel inferior, but you know what else will happen? They may start to buy things that they can't afford to make themselves appear to be in the same social class as the people with the earthly wealth. That happens. Actually, there'll be some people who are wealthy who spend less than other people who are poor because the people who are wealthy have more sense and they know to save their money and not blow it because they know how hard it was for them to get it. But these other people over here, they become to, they feel inferior. And so they'll begin to spend more money and go into debt trying to give the illusion that I'm just as wealthy and have just as much as y'all do so y'all can look at me and approve of me too. And I won't feel so bad about myself. That's the second thing that they do. Here's the third thing that people do. They may start to despise the people who have wealth and find fault in their success. All three of those responses are contrary to what wisdom tells us in God's Word. It's wrong. When I see my cousin in Ireland, he's a doctor. The man has more money than me. When I see my cousin in Ireland, I don't think, well, I tell you what, I, if I would have had the same breaks he did, I, I don't think that. You know what I think when I see him in Ireland? Man, that's great. I'm so glad they're having a good time over there. I'm happy for them. I don't care. You know why? I got all the wealth I need. And I'm satisfied with it in Jesus. I am. So none of these responses are based on the truth that wisdom's telling us tonight. You see, if I understand that I'm wealthier having Jesus than other people having money, then my identity and my uh, uh, gauge of success is going to be in Jesus and not in my net worth. Wisdom allows me to think that way and not feel inferior. If I understand that the wisdom of Christ is far better than the possessions of this world, then I'll have uh, no need to go into debt to buy an inferior product than what my wisdom produces for me. Why would I want to go into debt to buy something made in China that the world gives me when I can have something made in the USA that wisdom gives me? You see what I'm saying? Why would I want to buy an inferior product, go into debt, when I have a superior product through the wisdom of God in Christ Jesus? Number three, if I have the wisdom of God in Christ Jesus, then I will never despise the people Jesus died for. Someone have wealth? Who gave them that wealth? God gave them that wealth. If God decided in His wisdom, in His, in, in, in His allotment to give them wealth, don't despise that person for what, how God's blessed them. Never despise the people Jesus died for. If you have wisdom, you won't, and you will never feel threatened by their wealth because the riches we have in Jesus 
are greater than anything this world could ever offer. We'll close with that tonight. But I love how wisdom here, in these very, very tersely, in, in these verses, which what the Proverbs do, they, they give terse wisdom, which means something so condensed. But I love how wisdom, by saying it's better than gold, better than fine gold, its revenue is better than silver. You know what it just did? Solomon just gave us a dissertation on finances and how to view finances through the eyes of God. And with that, you won't have the need to covet. You won't have the need to despise. And praise God, you won't have the need to despair. Father, we thank you so much for your precious word. We thank you, dear God, that your Proverbs address everything. Lord, you don't leave anything out. And you get down, dear Lord, to where it really matters in our lives as people who always want to, to be accepted by our peers and to, to appear to measure up to others. And God, I thank you. We couldn't measure up to you and ourselves, and we can't measure up to ourselves and ourselves. But in Jesus Christ, we measure up every time, whether in the eyes of this world uh, or in the eyes of God. If we understand true wealth, we'll measure up in Jesus Christ every time. Thank you in Jesus' precious name. Go with these precious people and take them safely to their homes, I pray. And bring us back uh, this coming Lord's Day. In Jesus' name, amen.